This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Whatever the pain and brokenness and fracture we have experienced in life, that is actually can be an entry point into new creation. And it, it, it's a direct, to me, uh, echo of the uh, post-resurrection appearance of Jesus, where he appears not just as a glorified human being, but as a wounded human being. The nail marks are still with him, and it is through his wounds that we are healed. A global pandemic has given all of us around the world global trauma. And yet, how do we make it through? Where do we look for hope, transcendence, meaning, and beauty? We look to the artists. So in this conversation, I talk with Mako Fujimura, who is a world-renowned artist and Christian, about his most recent book, Art and Faith, and what it means for us to be makers just like God. Listen in. Welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, author of A Spacious Life. I love big ideas, but ideas have to move beyond an ivory tower to find their application in the midst of our work and our laundry routines. Here on the Finding Holy Podcast, expect conversations about how to live faithfully in a post-Christian world, but without the vitriol, posturing, or shouting across the aisles. During the next three months, during June, July, and August, you can expect episodes to release every other Tuesday. As the seasons change and our schedule changes, I hope it allows you to not miss an episode. So I'll see you back in two weeks. Well, it is an honor to have Mako Fujimura on the podcast today to talk about his most recent book, which is called Art and Faith. And thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me, Ashley. You are so welcome. Um, yeah, I we my husband and I have really loved your work um, over the last several years, and we've been able to experience some of it in person. So just thank you for creating beauty <laughs> in the world. <laughs> thank we you for receiving it, them. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. Um, you know, there's so much, so many rich ideas in your book. Um, and one thing that I really love is you talk about God as an artist and that he's first an artist before he's a lecturer. So where, uh, which I just, I, I think that's fantastic because I think there's so much, particularly in American forms of Christianity, um, that want to intellectualize yeah. our experience of mm -hmm. God and our faith, mm -hmm. uh, before maybe as a way to push God away, um, Maybe maybe we're a little bit afraid of actually diving into the pain or the beauty. You know, as you have meditated on God as artist, how has that provided an expression for your own artistic vocation as well? Mm. Well, thanks. Um, yes, if you were to read the first line of the Bible, all you know about God is that God is an artist, uh, the artist, the mm -hmm. only, only artist, mm -hmm. really. Um, mm -hmm. and 
for me, since the book is kind of my life work, it's, it's something that I, mm-hmm. I um, thought about over and over and especially centered around two words of Jesus, uh, Jesus wept passage in John 11, uh, mm-hmm. Almost everything I do um, and have been doing as an artist, um, as a human being <laughs> in the last uh, 30 years mm-hmm. have something to do with those two words. And so mm-hmm. I realized while I was writing this book, even though this this book is um, kind of a compression of um, manuscript that that's three times as long as what was published. And, <laughs> of course, um, having a good editor uh, go through that mm-hmm. uh, was a real joy to be able to present something that was more concise, but at the same time, there's just layers and layers of density that, you know, you can't explore Mm -hmm. fully. So part of what I have been trying to do in my art and my, um, you know, everything that flows out of the studio, I I have been trying to uh, pass out what, what, what it means to, say that and to say that god mm-hmm. is a the uh, the ultimate maker and creator and and what does that mean for us uh, be, being part of god's uh, creation creatures that are distinct from the creator mm-hmm. and yet we have been given this amazing paradoxical um upholding or beholding of god's um movement into our pain and our lives and that mm-hmm. is a kind is really a, a huge chasm um, that you know that the gospel mm-hmm. upholds and promises and integrates and part of my journey as an artist is to try to be honest about that um the mystery of that and 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 the power and strangeness of that um and try to articulate something that perhaps um as you know it's it's somewhat difficult to preach even (laughs) because you know you are expected to preach something that's very practical (laughs) pragmatic and you know you're supposed to promise hope (laughs) you know kind of this industrial fixing that we have to do um and so i understand that our culture doesn't Mm. fully allow that um perhaps a photo exploration of um what i what i'm after Mm-hmm. Uh, so being an artist, uh, I, I love, you know, those uh, marginal <laughs> eccentric realities about uh, about the yes. greater reality. So I, I probe into that a little bit in my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, and, uh, you know, that you find words to be able to articulate, you know, this your Mm. particular vocation um, and to widen it for your readers that we're all makers. Um, And then to also tap into the transcendent uh, feels like a huge undertaking, Um, (laughs) you know, so well done. Yeah. Because it's so hard, I think, to, to write about the art that you produce because you're likely so close to it. Um, 
maybe just for our listeners, what does your artistic process look like? If you could give us just a quick overview and how you, you know, how does your experience of God as maker inform your process as well? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just to um, give you a, a helicopter view of, yeah. of how I ended up where I am. Uh, I was born in Boston. Uh, my father is a renowned scientist. And um, so we traveled the world and uh, I was in Sweden after that mm -hmm. and then Japan. And then I came back to the United States uh, where uh, my father's research took him to the famed Bell Labs in Murray Hill, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up under this enormously creative uh, household. My mother uh, is a, was an educator. And uh, so I was very fortunate to have the backings and encouragement from both of my parents about my journey of becoming an artist. And um, when I decided to commit to pursuing my art full time, I also realized I did not know enough about my own roots mm -hmm. and my own culture that I was drawn to and spending a lot of time in Boston Museum and DC looking at these 17th century, 16th century Japanese works really I, I felt I had to go back to Japan, so I spent six and a half years in this mm -hmm. uh, really privileged uh, lineage system. I received a Japanese governmental scholarship um, to be able to access some of the best uh, places and people. Uh, studied under two Nihonga masters. Nihonga is Japanese-style paintings mm -hmm. that, that harkens back to 15th century and beyond. Um, and so I, I had this really good um, opportunity to look at myself, my culture, and uh, perhaps strangely enough, or may maybe this is appropriate, um, I became a follower of Christ <laughs> in Japan, <laughs> looking at these, you know, Shinto and Buddhist <laughs> works. And, 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 and so uh, that, that's yeah. a whole other story. But um, I journeyed into Christ by you know being being really honest about what I was mm. what I was finding myself mm. lack and when I came back to US after that um, um, I had gone with the understanding that I would apply everything that I've learned to my contemporary art so I began to do that and Mm -hmm. You know, here we are. Uh, <laughs> some years later, um, I, I look back to my 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 career and me being able to not only make it as an artist, but to do so it, with a family in New York City and from from all the you know traumas mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we've been through and uh, you know all all the heartaches and brokenness that you you can imagine in such a battleground but but at the same time you know to to have um found peace with what i do as an artist and be, be able to not only be my family but um have a uh, expanding kind of a advocacy mm -hmm. role that i have with um mm -hmm. culture care and uh with my um, my bride's mm -hmm. organization members international to 
bring beauty and justice together into the world uh, that that's kind of the whole <laughs> mapping yeah. complex mapping uh, maybe it's too complex but for people to understand but i, I want to emphasize that everything i do in the studio from pulverizing pigments to making you know the mm-hmm. slow art what, what i call slow art or i began to call it ky- mm-hmm. kairos mm-hmm. art <laughs> you know yeah. the slowness yeah. of time uh, ex- eternal time uh, built into my work is really um, a source of my um, my journey to understand and worship mm-hmm. my God who is here in the studio. Uh, I sense the Spirit's presence the most mm-hmm. in my studio. And when, when I paint, God just shows up and I, I feel most privileged. Uh, to to connect uh with with god uh, uh through my art mm, that's beautiful um let's talk a little bit about some of the themes that you bring up in your book and you've just mentioned the you know this this marriage of beauty and justice um and you talk about you know the the tears of christ and that there's an experience of that you know as you as you are working in your studio um you know, and, and a responsibility of the artist to bring and to, to sit in the suffering of the world. Um, where have you seen, or why, you know, why is it important? What is that gift of the artist um, to be able to see and to sit in, to sit in suffering um, and the importance of suffering for beauty and justice to prevail? Mm, yeah. First, you know, art is, actually useless in, yeah. the, in that sense of <laughs> the purposeful existence <laughs> uh, but it's it's you, you know essential because it's not mm-hmm. useful mm-hmm. In, in, in that sense you know i i know that's confusing but it, it's a it revolution is. you know <laughs> to be beauty maker actually you know to flip that you know to pursue that further uh why why did god create and mm-hmm. you know the i talk about God's uh, all-sufficiency, which theologians call the aseity of God, uh, all-sufficient, self-sufficient God who doesn't need anything. Uh, uh, why would God create? Um, mm-hmm. Didn't create out of a need, as I may have, but the Bible tells us God is love, mm-hmm. and love exudes, and love creates, and love expands. So we are the the product of that. If, mm-hmm. if you want to call it marginal reality rather than the central need mm-hmm. of God's being. And, and yet, the paradox of the incarnation is that God sent his most <laughs> important um, reality into our domain to be utterly dependent on our reality. Yeah. And in that huge chasm, I, I find such beauty because we don't fully understand that. Uh, we cannot understand the mind of God, certainly, but we I don't think theologically we, we really understand the depth of the mystery of mm-hmm. what the incarnation brings to us and what that means in terms mm-hmm. of even more gracious and extravagant invitation for us to be co-creators in in yeah. that sense with through the incarnation that we are invited to the table uh, not just to you know be um, 
part of it, but but as as this invited guest into the cosmic wedding, you know, and yeah. and and performers and makers, uh, God expects us as creatures uh, that uh, Imago Dei, you know, imprinted with God's own mm-hmm. um, reality of making to be makers. And God actually waits until we make <laughs> in order to bring in the new creation. Mm-hmm. So, so those those are things that I explore um, in the book. And I, 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 you know, I I do wonder as I, you know, sit under many teachings uh, in in the church and read many books. Um, how much of that? power of mystery this paradoxical mystery is lost Hmm. in what we preach how we live our lives how we uh communicate to our neighbors uh whatever we're doing um we you know to me as an artist that's that's my job is to try to Mm -hmm. stay within that and and to find some ways uh language and and images uh vista hopefully Mm where people can at least see uh, with their eyes what that may look like, mm. and and so that that's um, and if I write, um, I, I write out of that experience and conviction that you know uh, more people need to be brought into that yeah. reality because um, unless we do, we really don't understand the gospel, right. <laughs> um, you know. And information is one thing, and that rational uh, analytical. Um, thinking is important because it's at the end of our journey that, yeah. that comes through somatic and intuitive means. Mm-hmm. So it's not uh, it's not you know opposed to or uh, you know right. uh, divorced from, uh, but but it is something that to me is fundamental to how we understand and experience God at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Yeah, you know, the, the whole Bible is a story, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and the Jesus yeah. taught in parables, um, and, and yeah. it captures our imaginations in ways that, you know, pure didactic teaching doesn't. I think that's just... Yeah. You know, so how do you as an artist, you know, uh, stay several steps ahead, right? In order to experience, you know, the transcendent, this um, in your studio, you know, the the sense of 
experiencing somehow in the mystery of God and time when we don't understand, but like that we are somehow experiencing the new heavens, you know, in, in artistic creation, you know, in the liturgy, um, and then trying to help those of us who are just busy and exhausted and tired <laughs> see anew, you know, so what are maybe, what are the habits for you as an artist to dwell either wow. in that yeah. loss and suffering mm-hmm. or, you know, in those kind of transcendent moments where you feel the spirit in your studio mm-hmm. so that you can help us see again. Yeah. Well, all of us are artists until yes. <laughs> third grade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seriously, I mean, uh-huh. I think we, we all have experiences where somebody told us mm-hmm. we're not and, mm-hmm. you know, most of us believe that and I didn't, but, <laughs> you know, because I, I would come home and mm-hmm. I, I'll be just painting or making something. And, you know, I had that nurturing um, mm-hmm. that the world perhaps, you know, of pragmatism and mm-hmm. utility can't. So, um, you know, all of us have that built in sense of mystery and longing yeah. um yeah. so it, it everybody uh ha- has what it takes to recover that too mm-hmm. uh it may be as simple as you know looking at a flower or um taking a walk and and you know finding a bird that you can't name or uh looking at the stars or fireworks or um just simply not having anything in your calendar, mm-hmm. but wasting time yeah. with somebody over a cup of coffee. Um, you know, we don't realize that at the end of our lives, when we look back on our lives, those things that we have done to build our resumes and, you know, to, to have all these, you know, nice things and, in, in you know, <laughs> three cars in the garage or whatever, it, those, those are not the things we will remember mm-hmm. as important as those things may be mm-hmm. in terms of defining our success and place in the world. No, we, we will remember that conversation that we had, you know, unexpectedly with your daughter walking back home, in a, you know, as, as the sun set. Mm-hmm. Um, we will remember just, you know, throwing baseball with your <laughs> boys mm-hmm. and, you know, in the park. And, and those, those are not things that anybody can market or so they try to um that's you know that's that's if you're a marketer that's what you try to do is to create a longing in our hearts Mm -hmm. for uh to replace that longing true longing with uh false objects you know Mm -hmm. but but we we all have that and at some point in our lives we we may just pause and say what have i done with what you know god has given me Mm -hmm. And and is it just because I have been successful in everything that I've, I've you know set out to do? Does that mean that I have found peace in, in, in my my journey and and to experience things deeper than um, what the world can promise? Mm-hmm. And to, for that, you need artists because they, mm-hmm. we're the creatures, you know, strange creatures that <laughs> tend to hover, <laughs> stay in the mystery of things and, and undefined and ambiguous places and, mm-hmm. and in between places, liminal spaces. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't really 
uh, belong um, up front, um, you know, in, in a perfectly categorized role. Um, we tend to sit in the back and wear black and disappear, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you read my mail. <laughs> <laughs> because uh you, you right even as leaders like I, i'm an elder in the church i don't mm. i don't sit in front i i want to i sit way in the back <laughs> yeah, with all, yeah. all these artists you yeah know? yeah because because i i i think there's beauty there that the rest of us you know perhaps not thinking about those things need eventually mm-hmm. and um you know i think artists are like you know um what is that story frederick the mouse story that leo uh-huh. story uh, of uh you know somebody who thinks in colors yeah. and even though everybody else is working hard you know <laughs> to prepare for winter at, at the darkest times you you need you need somebody to tell yeah. us stories about the spring and and paint with colors and and those those are things that um, you know uh, you know in Ukraine they're playing their violin yeah. and cello and they're playing the symphony you know yes, <laughs> with yes. made made up symphony and and it, it it just tells us how much human beings need artists to uh, step up really I tell artists of this all the time you know we we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to the world that that is that is lost hope that mm-hmm. is divided that that has um, disconnected ourselves mm-hmm. um, increasingly so with technology that doesn't even see you know themselves um, we are alienated from ourselves yeah um, so artists are the ones that can begin to journey into that self, you know, mm-hmm. and to discover perhaps something that everybody needs and, and to share that um, um, beautiful aroma um, with, with the world. So that's that's kind of how um, I, I, I try to live my days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have, I have my studio here in Princeton. I have my garden outside, kind of the same kind of work, you mm-hmm. know, very slow, <laughs> methodical. You have to plant bulbs in wintertime, yep. you know, mm-hmm. let it experience winter. Otherwise, it doesn't root. And so there, there's kind of a rhythm to it. And, and then um, I, I, I want to serve uh, to bring mercy and justice into the world with my bride's uh, work mm-hmm. um, with uh, Embers International. So uh, th- these are things that I, I constantly try to live out in yes. uh, small ways. Yes. And, yeah. And you have to live them out in the small ways before the big ways, yeah. you know, yeah. present themselves. You talk... Um, a yeah. bit about you know the the kind of kenosis of the artist that you know that the only good art really that m- feels meaningful probably you know in this world has to be emptying in the same way that Christ was emptied. Could you talk to us a little bit about you know what that's looked like in your own life? How maybe you've had to uh, yeah revisit you know the nine eleven trauma or things like that in order to be able to move forward as an artist. Yeah, and you know, with so much trauma in the world today, and I didn't realize as a survivor of nine eleven, I, I didn't even call myself that until mm. I visited Columbine High School, and one of the survivors mm. uh, had read my book, and he came up to me and she said, "You're always welcome here because you're a survivor too," and. Mm. 
I never really thought of myself as that, but you know, I was trapped under the subway, <laughs> under the falling towers. I guess I did survive <laughs> yeah. and and you know, spent the next ten years trying to help in my tiny ways, help my neighbors and you know, and meanwhile raising three kids as ground zero children. So mm. I I do understand trauma um, that in, in a way that I know that 20 years later, there are still fractures um, that hasn't been mended or maybe even increased. Um, and, you know, you, you understand going through pandemic and, and everybody has been traumatized in some way. But at the same time, it's utterly amazing to me that there's not a single person on this earth who has not been through this trauma. Mm-hmm. It, it's just amazing to me that there's this kind of, you know, not just common grace, but common curse <laughs> yeah, that yeah. We, we can understand each other. You know, mm-hmm. you may not understand their culture and language, but they've been through this pandemic mm-hmm. just as we have and probably suffered more. Um, that means we have an opportunity moving forward to commune and communicate in ways that, you know, 9-11, even as, as traumatic as that was, that was localized. Right. And, you know, so it just is an opportunity. And for me what I went through in trying to recover, you know, in order to not see the fires and smoke of 9-11 as something that was only traumatic. You know, I started to paint Mm. (laughs) the paintings called water flames over and over painting flames over and over Mm. until they became flames of sanctification Mm. rather than Mm. flames of destruction. And so I had to cope, but I'm so fortunate because I had a way to do that, right. to create into the darkness, walk right into ground zero and 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 marvel at what is happening there. Mm. And I know a lot of survivors cannot, you know, and and I think it's because of art and writing actually and even talking about it like this has helped me to process and find the language for restoration mm. and and even new creation out of that. Mm. So um, this this is something that we will need certainly moving forward from this pandemic mm-hmm. and this war. Yeah. And, and we're, we're going to um, uh, need ways uh, for artists, uh, especially to write their stories and create the songs that resonate with that fractured times and and being being able to bring back uh, you know kind of a communal way that we can mm-hmm. we can understand each be, uh, behold each other's pain mm-hmm. and and be, be be able to um you know journey into uh, something that is only made possible because of what we went through yeah how do you think or what venues might those sorts of things occur you know just just you know you've noted just the fracturing and you know technological mm-hmm. isolation and even yeah. that we're isolated from ourselves um and just yeah. the idea that we put this idea of individualism on a pedestal um particularly yeah. in America so how might we begin yeah. to recover yeah. these communal art yeah, you know uh, beauty hopeful yeah. spaces 
Yeah, culture care. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, my brother and I, uh, we launched Academy Kintsugi. Mm-hmm. Kintsugi is a venerable Japanese tea tradition of mending broken ceramics with Japan lacquer and gold. And what they do is not to hide the flaws and fractures, but to accentuate them. And by yeah. using gold, you create new landscapes with them. And mm-hmm. and so the resulting Kintsugi board is far more valuable than the original, even if the original mm-hmm. is very valuable. And it, it it's a direct, uh, to me, uh, echo of the uh, post-resurrection appearance of Jesus, where mm-hmm. he appears not just as a glorified human being, but as a wounded human being. Yeah. The nail marks are still with him, and it is through his wounds that we are healed. And so the that what does that, that mean? Well, it means whatever the pain and brokenness and fracture we have experienced in life, that is actually can be an entry point into new creation. Mm-hmm. And through Christ's appearance and our longing for certainty, you know, like Thomas, we want to touch the, <laughs> the wound. But when we see, we worship, right? Thomas is the first disciple to kneel down and worship mm-hmm. my, my Lord, my God. And that is, you know, the I think the response that we can have even in ground zero, uh, even mm-hmm. in places of trauma, even going through, you know, enormous challenges and brokenness and, and fractures and injustice, we, we, we can still end up there. Um, yeah. that's, that's what, to me, that, those passages mean. And, and so for us to um, behold, we need to, you know, in a way, we, we create a kit so we can do kintsugi in small groups as a mm-hmm. uh, culture care formation. Um, I, 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 I even created a reader's guide that, mm-hmm. that embeds kintsugi in it because one of the chapters is kintsugi, but more broadly, it's a somatic process for us to, you know, get back to third grade. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And say, I love the reader's know. guide. It's really, yeah. it's so accessible. You oh, know, just like, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I'm well glad. Done. Yeah. It's free for download um, yeah. because we really thought, well, the purpose, what is the purpose of this book? You know, it's fine to pontificate about theology and, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever is written in there, but but if it's not actually incarnated in community, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah. And and so I, I had, you know, reader's guide, a friend of mine, one of the readers uh, put together and I, I, I was like looking at it, I said, well, actually, this is not just a reader's guide, it's a community formation. So I went yeah, back and, yeah. you know, created this 15 week <laughs> and, 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 thinking that you know whatever people pick up um you know that Mm -hmm. that you know we we need communities that are not necessarily bounded by just uh creed you know but but by this common curse of going through trauma and brokenness Mm -hmm. and fragments everybody's broken Mm -hmm. and when we go into these communities we can we don't have to use Christianese, you know, <laughs> we can kind yeah. of uh, come together because we are in the same shape or same misshape, you know, the same, um, um, you know, ways of brokenness, perhaps, and, and, but no two pieces are alike. So 
it just turns out to be we can actually learn from each other in how we are going through coping with or maybe not even coping with trauma and and fears and anxieties of our days and and you know and rather than just fixing it so you can reuse the cup you know <laughs> we want to slow down and process behold the fragments until they mm. become themselves the pieces become beautiful and then we can begin this hard work of recovery and and you know going through you know we re- literally have to rewire our, our neurons in our brains to be able to find healing so you know we need each other to do that and and so the community uh, uh, the reader's guide is mm-hmm. um, hopefully helpful in that regard yes yeah and it's a great you know it's, it's something that might be helpful for churches even who yes who might mm-hmm. not have a you know a resident artist type right. um you know right. to begin to explore some of those yeah those yeah things. yeah that's right <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your for your time, for your your good thinking, yeah, for your absolutely. good experiencing, and um, helping put words around, yeah, our pain and our suffering, um, and and your own as well. Yeah, thank so, you. But before we conclude, yeah. <laughs> I do want to ask you your laundry routine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, which is that's a, another you know practical thing, maybe like gar- your gardening or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, laundry. My bride insists on doing, and I used to do all the yeah. laundry by myself. <laughs> and you know, especially because I traveled a lot, and uh, yep. I come back and I I had this routine, um, and and then all of a sudden. You know, I, I I was remarried um, two years ago, and now I feel like I don't know what you know what to do because <laughs> she's like, no, give me that, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and then uh, you know, but it's it's really um, amazing to me that you know, after all the darkness and fractures that I've been through in the yeah. past certainly twenty years. Um, you know that there is somebody who does laundry for me. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and uh, I, I can't even. I, I still, I'm still not over it. You know, there's this. I, yeah. I just came back from a trip, and I, first thing I did when I opened my suitcase was like, you know, I gotta, you know, throw this in. And there was right. this laundry bag. <laughs> you know, already prepared. <laughs> so <laughs> all I had to do was put it in. But um uh, yeah, true I, love. No, I love it. And I, you know, <laughs> I have my practice here in the studio where I, I have to clean things and and in order to reuse mm-hmm. them. So I, I have a lot of things that I, I I do on my own here. And of course gardening is uh, you know, uh messy work, but I I, I love the the sense of rhythm that um comes yeah. um especially around this time when spring begins to peak in and, and um mm-hmm. you're you're finally able to, you know, especially after this pandemic to be outside and uh, cultivating things and looking at little mm. things popping up <laughs> it's just delightful yes so, yes yeah. <laughs> it's yeah bringing order from chaos we're we're you know yeah, even in our right. laundry we're participating in god's yeah. good work <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> well thank you mako it's been yeah thank you an utter honor to have you on the podcast i appreciate your time well uh same here thank, uh, thank you. you very much
friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mako Fujimura. You can find links to his work, Art and Faith, as well as the reading guide that he mentioned, as well as the Kintsugi Institute as well that he runs with his wife. It is such an honor to talk about beauty and art and hope in a world that feels bent on production and utilitarianism. So I hope you are encouraged. And if you are, would you leave a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts? And as your one small step this week, I would encourage you, like Mako said, to simply spend maybe 10 minutes wasting time, using time in ways that don't make time be productive, that don't make us the center of the universe, that we practice in a purposeful wasting of time to behold. Maybe you're beholding suffering of you or someone else, someone you love. Maybe you are beholding beauty by simply going for a walk. So take 20 minutes of unstructured time, at least, and begin to notice the beauty that you are becoming more awake to. I'd be pleased if you wanted to follow me on social media at AA Hales. We can share those moments of beauty together and make social media social again. (laughs) Thank you for being here. It is an honor and privilege to host these conversations. Thanks for being a part of it. Remember, big things matter, but so does the laundry. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast, two clergy of different traditions. Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.